Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening to this, and welcome to NGA Podcasts. I'm Lewis. I'm Denny. And you can hit us up on Instagram under NGA Podcasts. And on Twitter at NGA Podcasts. And also on Facebook, you get the idea, NGA Podcasts. Yeah. Episode four today, um, what are we going to be talking about? So uh, we're going to start off with something that I'm quite familiar with, which is um, like kind of martial arts based theme, obviously. Um, and I want to talk about kind of a, a little bit of consumer advice and then B, how to spot scams. And then from there, we'll move on to a little bit of like the day to day kind of, I call them conspiracies, man. I feel like they're like people are conspiring against me as a consumer. Um, but yeah, like uh, just scams and stuff, things to, to look out for. Yep, and uh, I'm going to uh, be giving my mother a surprise phone call because um, she seems to fall for a lot of these scams. So we'll thought we'll talk to someone who um, is at the other end of that. We kind of think of ourselves quite savvy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put my mother in that camp when it comes to those sort of stuff. Um, so we're going to give her a surprise call and just have a chat with her um, from a late point of view. Cool. So if I, if I start us off on the martial arts stuff now... Obviously, you, you've done Taekwondo before. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure, generally, if you meet someone, anyone, and you tell them you, you train martial arts, most people will tell you at some point on their, in their life, they've trained as well. They've done some Taekwondo, Karate, Judo, something. Um, and for me, one of the most disappointing things as a coach is to see people quit, especially when they haven't yet reached their potential. Um, but the other thing that really disappoints me is to see people that are kind of disillusioned into thinking that they're something they're really not. Um, so I just wanted to to give, if you're listening and you've never tried martial arts before and you're thinking about it, give you a little bit of advice and uh, things just to look out for. So the first thing I'd say is to like know yourself. And what I mean by that is your body type might very well dictate the kind of martial arts you're you're good at. So for example, if you're tall and slim you're going to do pretty well at Taekwondo. Uh, if you're tall and slim, you're probably not going to do so well at Judo, for example, because you need to have a lower center of gravity for, for Judo and you need to try and kind of keep your weight low. Um, some people might think that being kind of more, uh, let's say, barrel built, kind of short and stout, might also help you for something like Jiu-Jitsu. Um, but to be honest, something like that, if you're, if you're tall and slim, you've got long limbs, which is also good for Jiu-Jitsu. So know yourself a little bit. And then go and go and try out some some different styles of martial art. Because one thing, and I'm I'm sure even you've in, encountered this at some point, Danny yourself, yeah. is people go, yeah, yeah, I've tried that. I've tried martial arts, and it's it's not really the same, is it? No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. So, um, so yeah, go go and try and try find a couple of different places, do a couple of different styles, and find the one that works out best for you. Um, in terms of go on. I was just going to say, even from class to class, you can get a different experience. Even doing the same, uh, uh, the same martial art, but being in a different class, yeah, yeah. being at a different club, sorry, um, can give you a, a very different experience. Yeah, I mean, even for myself. So I teach uh, sport taekwondo, which is like the Olympic style of taekwondo. But I also teach self defense, and I also teach the really traditional style of taekwondo. And even my instructor who you've, you've trained with as well, obviously. I have, yeah. Uh, he's not nearly as strict on the traditional stuff as I am. So I make sure my younger students in particular, I make sure they learn the Korean terminology that goes with their movements and stuff. And when they go to their, their grading exams, I make sure that they, they're tested in Korean so they actually make that effort to learn. 
Okay. And for me, it's just a it's just a way of like showing respect to the the old way, as it were. It's paying homage. That's it. A little bit of karate kid going on. But yeah, in terms of like when you're looking for a martial arts school, one thing that I've I've noticed is that, and because I've obviously did doing research when I started my own club, I'd call up a, a martial arts club and I'd say, hey, I'm interested in coming down or I'm interested in sending my child. Um, you know, can I can I try a class for free? They're like, yeah, yeah, you can come and try one class for free. Um, no problem, and then and then obviously we'll give you the information when you get here. You can sign up. But like, okay, cool. So how much does it cost for a, you know, one class a week or something? And then they go, oh, don't worry, you just uh, you just come down and we'll we'll give you all the information when they when you're there. And they're they're really hoping that you'll come and they'll sell you on the experience, and that you'll just pay whatever it is. Right. Now locally to me, there are two martial arts clubs within two miles of where I live. What what martial arts are they practicing? So one of them is kickboxing. And uh, I know the instructor, he's, he's an half decent in terms of like level of skill, um, but he's quite expensive. Uh, one of my friends actually trained there and uh, he was telling me that you pay something like two grand up front. What? Yes. <laughs> it's something like two grand for a year. And if you get injured after two months, let's say you rupture your Achilles tendon or something, you ain't getting no money back. So you're, you're done. Like that's it. You've just paid two grand and, and that's it. You whistle that two grand goodbye. Um, the, the way I think he sells it is that for that two grand, you can train as many times as you want. And that if you're paying that money up front, you're going to be more committed to, to still going because you know that you've already paid for it. There is, there's a little bit of point to that, but two grand is a lot of money. That's a lot of money up front. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I'm just thinking more from like, uh, a family with two, three kids Yep. And they're having to pay two grand. I mean, even if there's some sort of discount for multiple yeah. uh, people in the same family. But, I mean, when you're talking two grand, that is a lot of money. So this leads on to something else, which I'll, I'll cover in a minute. But even the other club that I'm talking about, and this is, uh, this is actually one thing that you should really look out for. The other club, which is based in Slough, they teach uh, on their website, I think it says kickboxing, karate, taekwondo, kung fu... And I think it says jiu-jitsu as well. Now, if you've got one instructor that teaches all five of those styles of martial arts, I guarantee you that will not be a very good club because it's taken me 20 years to get decent at Taekwondo. So, and, and I, I train jiu-jitsu as well. And the average time to get a black belt in jiu-jitsu is 10 years, thereabouts, 8 to 10 oh, wow. years. And that's from people that are really dedicated to it. So if you've spent 20 years like getting decent at two martial arts how good are you going to be at five martial arts? You're going to need to be 80 years old, by which time you're not going to be teaching martial arts anymore. Very true, very true. Um, so if you do if you do see a, a martial arts school and they say they teach multiple styles of martial arts and they only have one instructor, most likely that is that someone's selling you a, a kind of fake martial art. Does it work if, if they are sort of combined? So, I mean, I, I guess you couldn't really then call it jiu-jitsu or taekwondo or anything in specific but does that work when you just sort of combine them to try and give people a grounding of martial arts rather than a specific thing so you can get an idea but you're never going to get a decent idea like to, to put it in context i actually know someone that does i think they called it go jiu-jitsu or something or or yeah. so it's, it's like a cross between uh, karate and jiu-jitsu okay 
Now, karate is a traditional Japanese martial art, and actually so is jiu-jitsu, although in modern times we think of jiu-jitsu as being Brazilian. Yeah. But it was adopted by, by the Brazilians, and they, they took it to a whole new level. Um, I think the name did give it away a little bit, though. What do you mean? Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Doesn't sound very Brazilian. Uh, it doesn't, but, but everyone calls it BJJ. Yeah, yeah they do, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so in theory you'd say, okay, you can get a bit of a, a, a decent understanding of how to grapple and, and how to stand and fight. But if you were asking me, Lewis, you know, what style of martial arts best for me? Honestly, it depends on what you want it for. You know, right. if, if you want to be a, a champion fighter, I'm going to say go and learn actual proper boxing yeah. And if you want to learn how to kick, I'd say either Taekwondo or Muay Thai. Right. Um, and if you want to learn to grapple, I'd say either like the Olympic style of wrestling uh, and Jiu-Jitsu, which would be, th that would be like your ultimate. If you could train like two sessions, two sessions a day almost, four days a week, those are the four styles I'd suggest. You learn okay. how to, to, you learn how to use your hands through boxing. You learn how to use your legs through Taekwondo and, and Muay Thai. You learn how to grapple with uh, jiu-jitsu and you learn how to, to defend against takedowns and to take someone down with wrestling. Right. So with those four styles, you'd be a great mixed martial artist. Yeah. But realistically, you'd have to be highly dedicated to doing martial arts to do something like that. If you're thinking about picking something up as a hobby, you know, it's, as you said, it's not just about what style of martial art you decide to do. It's also about which club you go to and finding the right club. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed, actually, before I started training with your uncle was, uh, in fact, I was about 12, I think, and I'd already done karate and Wing Chun before that. And one thing that I noticed was that I'd go to a few different places and they'd, they'd really try and sell it up. And when I approached your uncle, having already had a little bit of a background in Taekwondo, he really wasn't interested in selling me the idea of joining the club. He was like, look, I've got a class to teach, mate. If you want to join in, join in. If you don't, that's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Like, you want to watch, watch, but I've, I've just got to go. Yeah. And, and he just literally just went off to teach a class. And initially, I was like, what the hell? You better, you know, where's the sales pitch? Where's, where's the <laughs> glitz and glamour? But it turned out to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, if you're going for your, for your first class somewhere, what should you be looking out for? So, if you're, let's say, you're taking your kid to their first class somewhere... The, the first thing I always suggest to ask is, like, is, is the instructor qualified? Maybe even before you get there, but, you know, are you a qualified instructor? How would you, how would you know? How would you check that if you're, if you're like, an amateur, essentially, if you're new? So, let's say, for example, with, with Taekwondo, if he says, yeah, yeah, by all means, you know, I'm, I'm fully qualified, you can go, you can literally just Google British Taekwondo or, or whichever affiliation of Taekwondo that they're associated with. And you can contact the main office or even on the British Taekwondo website, you can just click find a club and it's got a list of all their registered instructors. And if it's not, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a different style of martial art. Maybe they don't have the same process, but they'll normally be affiliated to like a national governing body. And it would just be a case of Googling, just say, you know, who are you affiliated with? Google that company, that, that uh, organization. And, uh, and then just get in touch with them and say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this club. Okay. Is this guy qualified? So I, I'm taking from that as well. One of the first things to check is that they are affiliated with yeah. the official body. There are, there are several 
like in terms of like that scam perspective yeah there's so like made up styles of martial art okay and it's not don't get me wrong not necessarily that there's anything bad with like a made up style as long as the the person who founded that style has got a decent background right. like most famous martial artist of all time would be bruce lee right yeah and he made up bruce lee boy bruce <laughs> no lee no boy. no bruce lee ah okay <laughs> I thought you had the glow there, there is actually a, a ufc fighter and his nickname is like bruce lee boy okay um but yeah so if um yeah like bruce lee invented jeet kune do right that's a made-up martial art it's a combination of other martial arts right. and most like traditional martial artists would say like he's the greatest or whatever so they wouldn't mm. say anything bad about jeet kune do but there's a lot of people who either don't have a legitimate black belt from an original style of martial arts okay. they've got no real traditional training they'll just make up a martial art okay and a good example would be like if someone says they teach kung fu yeah kung fu is not a martial art you're like you're looking at me like what the hell are you talking about? I am. So, Explain. so kung fu. If you if you say to someone I train kung fu, that's 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 just like saying I'm I'm a human being. Like you, you're not being specific so generic, enough. Yeah. yeah, it's a generic term. Like given. I race car. Yeah. Like what type of car? What yeah. class of car? What yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So there are seventy two different styles of kung fu. Right. Right. And most of them are uh, they emulate animals. So you've got like praying mantis style. There's there's uh, eagle claw, you know. Um, what's the other ones like drunken monkey? Even like yeah. all all different Snake. random styles, right? Yeah, yeah. So so they're they're like so if someone says yeah I do kung fu, we teach kung fu. You what style of kung fu? Right. I teach kickboxing. Okay, what style of kickboxing? Because yeah. you've got uh, Western kickboxing and then you've got Muay Thai, which is a completely different rule set. Yeah. So you you can do this kind of re literally just Google mm. what is. Know, and, and you'll find out so with with taekwondo um taekwondo within the last what 16 years joined the olympics yeah 2008 yep so how would you so so if i might so obviously that's probably been the biggest um exposure to taekwondo in that amount of time yep what should i be looking for if that's what i want to do so in, in England, there's actually two factions, two separate groups of, of Taekwondo. One of them is the Olympic style, which is, it used to be called WTF Taekwondo until recently. They changed it to WT because of the famous acronym for what the... F Why? It so, makes sense. So they, they've moved away from WTF. That does make sense. Yeah. I never clicked that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then there's ITF. Um, ITF Taekwondo is very similar to kickboxing. They allow punches to the face um, and... It's similar in terms of uh, like the the kicking of kickboxing as well. Whereas WTF Taekwondo, we don't. I'll, I'll always say WTF Taekwondo. I can't say WT. Um, they don't allow punches to the face. Um, right. But there's there's full body, full power kicks to the body and to the face. So you can't punch to the face, but you can kick to the face. Yeah. Okay. It seems a little odd. But if you watch ITF style Taekwondo, generally. And I say it generally, a lot of those guys don't actually know how to punch and they just kind of flail their arms around. I was going to say, when I've seen it, it almost looks like they're just trying to tag yeah. the person's head area yeah, rather than um, go all out. Yeah, so, if, so, that, so going back to it, if you're, if you're looking for, for a club, you know, you're going for a trial, you, you're not sure, look up, make sure they're, they're registered with some national governing body mm -hmm. and ask 
very important. If you take in your kids, ask if the person has a criminal background check. It's now called a DBS check. DBS check, yeah. So I've been teaching as a full-time profession. I've been teaching Taekwondo now for six years. I was doing it part-time before that. And you got away with it that long? No, no, no. I, I've had my, I have my DBS, my, my criminal background checks. But I've never once been asked by a parent if, I'm, if I've been checked. Oh, wow. Never once. I've had parents walk up to me with their kid, having not spoken to me on the phone. They've just looked at my website, come to a class, and say, yeah, my kid's here for a trial, and then gone to walk out. I'm like, hang on, at least can I get your phone number in case the building burns down, I need to call you. Yeah. You know, nothing. They, okay. They'll just, so if you're taking, especially if you're taking your kid, obviously if you're an adult, you're going for your first class somewhere, you yeah. know, you don't really need, well, I'd say you don't need to worry as much, but obviously you need to, to be aware. Um, so the next thing I'd say to look out for is when you go to, to see a, a class, look at the standard of the people that are doing it. How would, you, how would you do that on your first? Obviously, if you know nothing about martial arts, you could literally just, just Google it, like okay. this style of martial art. Let's say you want to Google karate, for example. If you look up like amazing karate performance or kata would be the right word, you'll find a video of people doing like really good high level techniques. If you then go to a, a karate club where they're doing similar techniques, but with nowhere near the power, precision, speed, effort, yeah, yeah. that's clearly not a good karate club. Right. There, are, there are hundreds of crap karate clubs and there's a handful of decent ones. Okay. And if, you, if you're listening to this and you're a karate instructor, Shut up, man. I, I've seen most of these clubs. I've, I've seen so many and I just get, I feel really sorry for the, the students because the instructors really don't know any better because yeah. that's the way they were taught. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is being oblivious. People just don't know. Yeah. Like you get given your black belt and, and you know, what does that mean to you? Yeah. That's something I've come across before. If you could just quickly talk about that. Um, getting your black belt. Um, how long should it expect to take? I know I've seen these cl uh, certain clubs and like people are getting black belts within very, very short amounts of time. Um, and my experience when I was doing martial arts, uh, it, it, it takes a hell of a lot longer than a couple of years yeah. to get a black belt, for example. So a lot of clubs are like different. Different styles of martial arts are different as well. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like uh, jiu-jitsu, eight to ten years. I think the fastest anyone's ever got is like three years. They were training like five, six days a week. They're phenomenal. Like the 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 thing with jujitsu, there's no exam process to get your next belt. You get assessed by the instructor, right. and he'll decide based on your skill level if you warrant getting the next belt or not. Okay. That is the only martial art that I would say that that applies. Any other style of martial art you're doing, that doesn't apply. Cool. Okay. So. If you're doing Taekwondo, for example, there's a, there's a grading process, like an exam process you go through. And if you go to a club where they don't have an exam process, walk away. Because, they, like I said, Jiu-Jitsu, that doesn't apply. Also, uh, Muay Thai, that doesn't apply. In Muay Thai, your skill level is based on the number of fights you've had. Okay. But in, in all other martial arts, it's or almost all other martial arts, it's based on your, your belt. Um, and if you think in your in your work environment, have you ever heard the term like the the amount of time it takes to get? I think that I can't remember if they say expert at something. The amount of hours you need to put in. Yeah, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's a certain amount of hours per day over sustained over 
a certain amount of years. Yeah. So the so the term I've I've heard is ten thousand hours. Ten yes. Ten thousand hours, you'd be an expert at something. So if you think about, let's say you go to taekwondo once a week. You got ten thousand weeks if you if you train an hour a week. That's ten thousand weeks. You know if if you go you do two hours a week, three hours a week. You're gonna you're gonna bring that down by a, a factor of weeks, right? But and here's here's the issue I've got. So I've been teaching, like I said, full time for like five six years. I've got a couple of students who are red belt, which means they're two grades away from taking their black belt exam. I just want to add, if you only tra- train once a week, and if it takes ten thousand hours to be an expert, that's going to take you one hundred ninety two years. That's some quick maths then. <laughs> so so yeah, obviously one hundred ninety two years. That's that's too long. Um, you have to pass that down. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? To put it into context, um, obviously I was training at, at Future. Yeah. Uh, I started there when I was about 11. Yeah. I got my black belt, I think I was 19 or 20. Yeah. So I'm now 33. So that's like 20-something years ago, right? Yeah. That I started. In that time, I'm just going to, without naming names, one, two, three, four, five, I think maybe six people have been given black belts from that club. Okay. So they're not getting handed out. Yeah willy-nilly there they're getting earned mm-hmm. there are instructors who will boast that they have a kid a certain age that is already a black belt like, oh look we've got this eight-year-old boy he's a black belt that black belt means nothing because right. at eight years old you're going to put in 10,000 hours I mean that's it's not possible that you're going to put in 10,000 hours before the age of eight you're going to start training when you're four or five so over the course of three years two classes a week is the average there's no chance you'll be on, on an actual black belt level. Um, so the way the way I run my club mm-hmm. is we do two gradings a year. And I used to say once you get past green belt, which is like halfway to black belt, yeah. you can only grade once a year. But I've recently changed it and said I've got a, like a criteria you have to f- fulfill, certain like a, a level of competency and certain type of techniques that you're doing. And once you've achieved that, you can then go and do your exam. And then the issue I've got is that I don't like the idea of a 12-year-old boy or a 12-year-old girl having a black belt because I think that will give them a false sense of security yeah. that they're then able to defend themselves against a 15, 16-year-old mm-hmm. who's had no training at all yeah. but was bullied by his older brother. Because yeah. those kids are tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll take a beat and they'll give one back. Yeah. Um, I've just worked out roughly, sorry to interrupt. Go on. That if you started, you say you started at... I started when I was 11. 11. The future. And you got your... I got my black belt when I was uh, 20, about 20, okay. 19, 19, 20, something so like that. So I just worked out for some reason when you're 18. Yep. But from, let's say, let's say to, it was. You used to train a lot harder than me. Yeah. And if you trained on average four times a week, which you've probably done more because I know you used to. Yeah, it's four or five. You said, take that shit home with you. <laughs> um, that would equate to over 7,000 hours at three hours each time. Yeah. So, so pre- I pretty much say you were expert by now. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and that, and that's the thing. There's there are instructors out there that will go. Yeah, you know, I've got this eight, ten year old kid who's a black belt. Yeah. That kid does not does that kid doesn't deserve to be wearing a black belt. But that kid doesn't know any better. Why? And I actually took over a club where the instructor had graded students up to a certain level, and I had to sit down with the parents and say your kid shouldn't really be wearing the belt that they're wearing because it's given them a false sense of 
confidence about their skill level. Right. I said, I'm not going to take that belt off them and, you know, downgrade them. Yeah. But I brought two other students from the club that I was training at mm -hmm. and showed them, they were green belts at the time, which is halfway to black belt, and showed them the skill level of those students. And everyone was like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. And it shouldn't be. And I, after when they were like, oh, they're so good, they're so good. I said, no, 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 no. They are the standard that they should be at. Yeah. I can, I can uh, testify to that. Yeah. Um, I even remember, obviously, when we were at Future, and I was a yellow belt, and I was not allowed because I wasn't deemed at the, the, the good enough, or I wasn't putting in enough hours, or I just wasn't being dedicated enough to even be allowed to go on to the next belt. Yeah. Yeah, I would go to tournaments, and I was beating up people... Two, three belts above. Maybe beating up isn't the term. I was winning against yeah. people who were like two, three belts above me regularly, like all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, I think that's a testament to the kind of thing you're talking about where it's very easy to give someone a belt, but don't let that false confidence set in. Yeah. So in terms of like to, to wrap up the, the martial arts part of it then, things to look out for, you know, make sure the, the martial art that you're, that you're looking into suits you. Look up, make sure there's like a, a national governing body for the club that you're looking at and check to see that the instructor's qualified. Go to a trial class, make sure they're open and, and honest about their pricing. You know, don't don't commit to, that's another thing as well. Don't commit to direct debit. Like, I understand some clubs, the instructor does it full time, it's, it's their, their living, their main income. Do you have a direct debit no. option? No. Right. I have a standing order option which is just as convenient as direct debit. Okay, yeah. But with direct debit, a lot of clubs will say, right, you sign up a direct debit for a year or, or you do it per year or right, per six yeah. months. Now, let's say, let put it into this way, one in 10,000 students gets their black belt. Right, okay. So the other 9,999 will quit. And if you've put them into a one-year contract and they're three months in and they quit, that person or that parent is not going to feel too happy about still having to pay. Right. I've had people leave my club and then recommend to friends to come and train with me, and those friends have trained even longer than the person that left. Right. So I personally think it, it kind of goes against the ethics of being a martial arts instructor to to like have someone tied in for a, a year-long contract yeah. that they might not yeah. make the use of. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, see how long it takes. Ask them, how long does it take to get a black belt? And if they say, oh, you know, you can get in two years walk away okay. the correct answer is that depends exactly on how much effort you're you willing to put in how often you're willing to train whether or not you're willing to train at home yeah. your natural ability all those kind of things yeah. Yeah. and and then you say okay so let's say I'm, I'm i'm a phenom you know i'm i'm naturally gifted to this martial art how long if they say anything under three four years i'd still say walk away because okay. i've got some kids who are naturally very gifted like they're they're really good. They've got when they're on the mat, they move like black belts. It's still going to take them a total of eight years, and they train very very regularly to wow. get their black belt. Okay. Okay. And in fact, one of them, one of my students, does hapkido, and he's been doing it for a year. He is now the same belt in hapkido as he is at taekwondo, and he's been do, doing taekwondo for five years. Wow. Okay. His instructor yeah. says you can grade whenever you want. Whenever you want to grade, you can grade every month. And why would they do that? Because he's getting paid. And that's the thing, like the money aspect of it really should be, I wouldn't even say like a secondary thing, it should be in the background. If you're teaching martial arts, you should teach martial arts for the love of it. And fortunately, like 
in the in the kind of circles of of people that I see when I go to tournaments, like almost all of them are just teaching martial arts for the love of it. The ones that don't go to tournaments, and there's another thing to look out for, generally they don't want to go because they don't want to get shown up too much. And they're not really doing it for the same reasons. There are other reasons why they might not do tournaments, but oftentimes for me, that's like a telltale sign. Oh, we don't do tournaments, especially not external tournaments where we fight people from other clubs. They might do internal tournaments, but never external. And that for me is like a telltale sign. You, you getting mugged off. Okay. Um, and then if they've got a YouTube page, look on their YouTube page. Mm. You know, look at the videos they put up of their students and yeah. promote. Because I've seen some shockers out there. I'm sure you've seen it as well yourself. Yeah, like, uh, there's there's lots of uh, like fake martial arts videos. You see this woman, you know, disarming two guys with guns. You know, twisting up their hands, doing this, doing that. And you're like, try and do that really, really fast yeah. with an actual gun pointed at your head. That does not work. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the main things I'd say to look out for. Um, and they're, they're the main kind of scams that you get is the, the people that want money up front. They won't tell you how much it costs. They'll, they'll try and sign you up to something that you know, you're still not even sure about. Like, they're the main things to look out for. And, yeah. and the last thing I'll end it on, if you go to a martial arts club and maybe you get bored of it or maybe you have a bad experience, don't give up. I personally believe martial arts is for everyone. You just need to do the right martial art at the right time in your life. Because maybe when you're five, six years old, yeah, that's yeah. not the right time for you to start training. Yeah. I've got students who have just started training with me and they're in their 40s okay. and they're loving it. Yeah. Had they have done that when they were younger, they'd have probably dropped out and then later on in life gone, no, no, I've tried it before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all clubs are different, all styles are different, you know, and, and some of them will suit you depending on your age. Okay. So yeah, so that's the martial artsy bit done. Cool. If you're not cool. into martial arts, I'm sorry, I just bored you for like the last half an hour, forty minutes. No, no. That, I, well, I found it interesting, but then I am into martial arts. So, so just expanding then on scams. Quick question: Have you ever had any sort of fraud or anything done on your credit cards? I've or... had I've had several attempts, okay. uh, and I've 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 witnessed quite a few because I used to work in a bank. Okay. I've witnessed quite a few, but never never been a victim. Luckily, okay. touch wood. And have you received? Um, any what about via messaging or via email any oh all day from nigeria try to uh yeah, yeah of course of course for money or anything like that i think if you've got an email address you would have at some point or another yeah been the yeah. the ones that i find that are probably the the easiest ones to fall for mm. is like if you're with let's say you're with sky right. and you get an email that says you know there's a problem with your account log on here to get it fixed yeah and it looks like sky and you click the link and yeah. it looks like Sky. Yeah. But then you look in the, the web browser bar above. And you can see the difference. And you can see that the web address Even is some of those are getting quite uh, sophisticated. And it will just be like a dot or a slightly different, um, just a slight change in the URL. They are getting quite smart with that sort of stuff. Um, my, one, the most annoying ones for me at the moment are ones that come from, because WhatsApp is, is, is your group of people. Mm. It's, it's you, you know you you've you've got a, a generally got a relationship with the people con- contacting you via WhatsApp, and then people forward these things and it's like free Fort Park tickets, oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Nike are celebrating their fiftieth birthday, um, click this link to you get a free hundred pound voucher or something, hundred pound voucher things like that, and they're the frustrating ones because they're from they're not from some scam artists and things they're you're actually receiving them from people you know, which leads me to. 
the number one uh, person in my life who uh, is guilty of uh, sending these funny messages to me. That is my mother. Like, she just can't seem to tell the difference between uh, a fake account. Even went as far as once, in fact, once she... Uh, Luckily, she does check with me because I have told her about this. And someone um, called, uh, sent a, lo a load of emails saying a family member had died with the same surname. And we've got quite a distinct surname. Um, in, in, I can't remember what African country it was. And they left, her some left money. a large sum of money. They'd been searching. They couldn't find anyone related, like immediate family. So after searching um, for X amount of time or years, they've now found you, and if you do this, they want birth certificates, this, that, 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 you know, then they'll get it all sorted. So um, my mum's going back and forth with this guy, and the guy's actually sending um, like death certificates and all of this stuff with the name. So the first thing I said to my mum was, in the first email, he's talking about how much he struggled to find someone related to us. Now, everyone with our surname is related to us. Yeah. There's also two famous people in our family who, if you search the name, it very prominently comes up with the same surname. So I was like, so <clears throat> straight away, in the first paragraph, I know the dude's lying. Yeah. There's no one searching and not finding someone with the surname. But anyway, my mum continued. Um, and then when I told her it was a scam, she was in, like, oh, but, 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 what if it's real? And there was just that little bit of hope. Yeah. Just that little bit of hope. <laughs> Um, and yeah, she, she does, she does, um, I do spend a lot of time telling her things are fake. Uh, even, even chain letters, she's always forwarding chain letters. So, with what I've had to suffer, I think we should uh, give her a little payback. Okay. So, as we, as we kind of mentioned before this, I'm going to allow you to call my mum. So, I'm going to have to give you a number off of, um, let me just, you, you're going to have to call her off your phone. I'm going to have to withhold my phone number as well, otherwise it would be a bit weird that she gets a call from my mobile number. Yeah. Just see if, after all the advice I've given her over the, over the years, uh, she's she's learned. So I'm just we're just going to see how she reacts to this call. Obviously, a fake call uh, before any personal details are um, handed over, which I've got a feeling may be the case. I'm going to intercept. Um, this is off the cuff, so for all we know, we might not even get through to her. But um, I'm going to intercept and obviously um, tell her that it's me. So I need to find out as well because I'm I'm a recent convert to Android. Uh, how to block my phone number? I might just press one four one before calling. That's old school. I ain't had stuff for years. I, d I don't know if it works. In yeah. fact, I'm tempted to call you. Uh, let me, let me, yeah, let me just call you. In fact, but put one four one before your number and see if that works. Okay. Because obviously, what we don't want is for me to call your mum and her to see I'm dialing from a, a mobile number. But a lot of them are doing that now. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, because because um, because there was something to do with, uh, what was it last year, to do with some new laws or whatever with regards to calling from withheld numbers um, and, yeah, or something. And what they do, they call from mobile numbers because you can't necessarily, it's harder to tell where the call's coming from. Oh, I guess so. If it's just like an 07, yeah. Let's say withheld, okay, okay, right. So... Uh, don't read it out. Just show me the, your mum's mobile number. Obviously, we don't want a load of people calling your mum. Yeah, that would be funny. Oh, is it Denny's mum, yeah? <laughs> Give us the gossip on Denny, yeah? How old was he when he stopped wetting the bed? <laughs> Eight, four, three, 
Right. What's your mum's first initial? C. C. Shovel. C. Right. Just need to practice my Scottish accent here. I'm going to pretend that I'm calling from Sky. I'm going to put it on speakerphone as well. Hopefully you guys can hear it. Now we'll do it at a later date. Welcome to the EE voicemail. I'm sorry. Oh, it might be because the number's withheld. She might she have done. Oh, oh man, she normally picks up. She normally picks up. Try again. Try it one more time. Okay. Try it one more time. Okay, okay. Give it one more. On a mass. So I tell you what, we'll, we'll we'll move on. We might we might just do that as a separate little yeah. We might do do little do, do that and then uh, pre-record it and then we'll play it in the next. Sure, sure. Or just edit it. But who knows? So so outside of like the standard uh, kind of obvious scams, yeah. There are a few like I don't know if you if I'd call them scams or conspiracies or just things that are blatant BS that we kind of live with in our day-to-day life. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to start off on something that you're probably quite familiar with, which is with the mobile phone contracts. Yeah. So, so, do you mind if I... Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. So, so, with the mobile phone contracts, one of the things that's been happening... So, I worked in the mobile phone industry for quite a while and picked up on a few things. And they've actually had to change certain things over the years. So, one of the earlier ones um, was... You used to hear the term three minutes. And it's so... You still get people saying it. You still hear, oh, I get X amount of three minutes, or I get sort of thing. And one of the things I noticed back then was, well, it's not free because it would be like, they used to say like, if you pay £30 a month, you get 200 free minutes. Yeah. If you pay £50 a month, you get 1,000 free minutes. So if the minutes are free, what's that extra £20 for? Yeah. It's inclusive minutes, right? Inclusive That's minutes. That's the correct word. Right. Now, yeah? so that, that, was, that was part of the term and they actually had to change that and they got right, picked right. up on that. One of the recent things is, and this was one I didn't pick up, but it seems so obvious. Um, so if anyone's in this circumstance, do get in contact with your uh, network provider um, and I'm pretty sure they will now be aware of the current legislation, legislation that's coming in and will, because they'd want to keep you as a customer, which they normally do, um, will probably uh, do you a favourable deal. But one of the things that what basically happens is let's say I'm paying £30 a month um, and £20 is for my line rental, my inclusive minutes, inclusive data, inclusive texts, and £10 would be contributed to pay off the um, cost of the phone over my 24-month period. Now, when I get to my 24-month period, by the information they've given me, my phone is now paid off. True. Month, so that's month 24. Hit month 25, my line rental doesn't go down to then £20. It stays at £30. What do they... Do they bump up the price of the line rental, or do they just keep they just charging keep it, you for the phone? They keep it as it is. They oh, just snap. keep it as it is. It's an inclusive. It's an inclusive cost. It's right. an inclusive price. 
that gives you your allowances and covers the cost of the phone. Right, right, right. Um, so if I went to get an iPhone today, I could get 500 minutes. Let's say, sorry, I'd get unlimited minutes, unlimited text, um, 20 gig of data, and it might cost me £70 a month. I could get that with a cheaper phone. I could still get unlimited minutes, unlimited text, and 20 gig of data with a cheaper handset. Yeah. Um, and it might cost me £40 a month. Right, right, right. So that extra £30 is clearly to cover the cost of the, hands of, of, of the handset. Once I've got to month 25, so I'm now out of contract, so by your own terminology, by the way your contract's set up, I've paid off the handset cost now. Yep. Yeah, come month 25, my line rental is still gonna be 70 pounds a month. Mm -hmm. I do have the option to upgrade yep. at that point, in fact, often two months early, but a lot of people don't, a lot of people for whatever reasons, um, and they will continue charging you for a phone you've already paid for. Yeah. So there are there is um, some legislation coming in, and it's still not that great. It's um, it basically they have to they're being forced to let you know. Oh, yeah. So they'll let you know probably either by email, which you'll ignore, exactly, or maybe even by a letter that starts off looking so generic that you don't read yeah. it to the yeah. part. Yeah. So this is the thing. So that's and but the, the, the the thing with that is look how long that's been going on. Oh yeah. Like they have literally made tons from that so if you're if you're spending so much time looking into how flat the earth is right actually try and have a look at what's going on with mobile phone companies ripping people off i've actually managed to get out of that trap just because as i said i've, I've recently started using android rather than iphone so uh, i had an iphone 7 got water damaged went to the apple store to buy a new one because i was out of contract and i also got like what is so great about the iphone x why should I be spending £1,200 on a handset? And he said, oh, the camera's amazing. To which I then went and checked the two other competitors, the Samsung S9, or I think it was at the time, and yeah. the Google yeah. Pixel 2. January, yeah, the camera, the, I ended up getting the Google Pixel 2 uh, XL, which I think cost me about £550, £600, which even then I, I think is a, a bit pricey, but I just bought it in one go. And I think if, if Apple only had the option to buy that phone outright, I think they would sell a tenth of the handsets that they sell. Because if you said to someone, pay 12, 1300 pounds for a mobile phone yeah. in one go, yeah. they'd think you're smoking crack. Definitely. I'll tell you the other thing as well. I think I might have mentioned this to you before. Now, if there are any uh, Apple heads out there who can comment and give me a better understanding on this, then feel free. I do know Apple are one of the most profitable companies and their iPhone is oh, yeah, the most profitable yeah. device that they sell. But one of the things I've never been able to understand, although I do own like about four Apple products, um, is an iPad. So if you take the latest iPad. Like the iPad Pro is like 1,200 quid? No, but not even an iPad Pro, not even an like iPad just Pro. standard so iPad? Just standard iPad. Like five, 600? Yeah. Take okay. standard iPad. I think it's 399. Okay. They, they cost for 16 gig without the... Um, 4G okay. SIM card ability. That's £499. It's got a large screen. It's got a larger battery. Yeah. Everything else is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, in fact, the resolution on the screen's better, so the screen's better. Right. Everything, and, and, and the, the chip they use, they normally use an X. So if the iPhone comes out, let's say it's the A10, the iPad will come out and it will have the A10X. So it's normally a more powerful processor as well. Right. That's £399 uh, like, for using more material, more glass. How then is the iPhone 
three times more expensive. Three times more expensive. Yeah, that's the, mad. And the only difference is, that I can think of, is the antenna. Even if you add the antenna onto the iPad, it whacks, what, £100 on it? Mm. But we know that antennas are cheap because you can buy a mobile phone outright, one of the really cheap ones, that still has an antenna for about 30 quid. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Apple, they're sending us pretty much... It's basically like the iPhone is almost like a smaller version than the iPad, but yeah. costs three times as much. Yeah. I don't know why. As I said, if, if someone can explain that, um, and the thing is, the mobile phone industry is generally moving further and further towards upping the prices of these handsets yeah. to, to ridiculous yeah. numbers. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed recently, there's a lot more companies that are, that are popping up with uh, the, the option just to pay a monthly subscription. So, and then you get those products. So uh, a Dollar Shave Club, for example, I don't know if yeah. you heard, yeah. you just pay a certain amount per month and yeah. they send you razors in the post and you don't ever have to buy razors yeah. again or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's a very good way for companies to make sure they're getting money from you, A, directly, yeah. because they don't have to, to go for a retailer and, and give the retailer a cut. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then B, they're securing that purchase in the future, in the future, in yeah. the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the thing with mobile phones, like, so I went into John Lewis yesterday and bought a MacBook. You, you shop at John Lewis, that kind of guy, huh? No, no, do you know what? So there's two reasons for, for shopping at John Lewis. One, they give you a longer warranty than, yeah. than most other retailers. And two, I noticed on their website they're doing 0% interest free. Yeah, can I just elaborate on that quickly? John Lewis, on a majority of, I think, as standard on their TVs, you get a five-year warranty. Yeah. But um, what I, one of the main reasons I go there, with any Apple products, you get a two-year warranty as standard. Um, I think they do it across a lot more of their other electronics, but I definitely know across their um, Apple products, so that's their MacBooks, iPads, iPods, everything, you get a two-year warranty as standard, um, and it's the customer service if you ever do need to return something. It's pretty damn sound too. Yeah. I, actually, one of the things that I said to the woman in the shop while I was buying the, the MacBook was like, I generally see almost the same number of staff in the store as I do customers. And because uh, John, there's always tons yeah. of staff loitering around yeah. in John Lewis. Yeah. And she was like, you, you think this is good? Last year we had 30 more people just on this floor. Wow. We've, we've cut 30 people. I was like, no wonder you guys weren't making a profit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and I actually said to this, uh, the, the girl was telling me how she's, she's getting the latest iPhone. She's got the iPhone X. She paid for it outright, 1,200 quid. Wow. And she's about to pay outright for the latest, latest iPhone XR or whatever it is. Yeah. And I was just like, can you really justify spending that much? I was like, I, I, I literally, I was brazen. I was like, you, you still live at home, right? Mum and dad? She's like, yeah. <laughs> I say, yeah, because that is the same amount of money that it costs to keep me a, keep a roof over my head for a month. This is it. This is it. I think, I think as well, people, we're like attracted. We're like magpies, aren't we? We're attracted to shiny objects. Yeah. Keeping up with the Jones, man. Exactly. Like, you don't... Realist, like I, I tend to, even I've always done this, so I work in IT, like when software comes out, I would only really, because updates are generally incremental, right, so if I've got software X version 1, software X version 2 isn't necessarily going to be that much different, but for people who are just about to buy that software, that's the one they should go for, that's the one with the latest, latest, latest yeah. uh, bits and bobs, so did I just say bits and bobs? You did. That's from, yeah. You know oh, I mean. gee, I see that white hair in your beard, man. <laughs> There's a few of them. Um, so, essentially, they're marketing to those, well, they, they're marketing to everyone, but 
that should be the, 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 the prime audience who's going to purchase that. Now, I would generally potentially wait till version three, even version four. Yeah. Um, because that's when my, for me, the upgrade is going to be significant enough. There's going to be enough new features that I'm going to really, you know, this is going to be a, a brand new toy. It's not just going to be business as usual and this is done with two, two steps quicker. But you know, even even then, like, I think going from iPhone seven, for example, mm. to iPhone X yeah. for about three days, you're gonna go, oh, you know, this, oh, it's so much better. This yeah. is quicker. This is that. This is that. This is that. After that, you're just back to using a phone. You're back to using. I, I was speaking to someone about this, and I said, I think the last time I was wowed by a phone was the iPhone four S. Okay. I think that was when they first improved the resolution, so it made the screen look a lot better. Um, there were a couple of other features, but I think that was the last, and, and I was discussing recently, I was like, my phone usage behavior hasn't really changed. Mm. I still take pictures. Yes, the cameras have got better, um, and I appreciate that, but I still just take pictures, still playing a few games, still just using the phone. Like, there hasn't been nothing that dramatic yeah. added. I mean. I haven't got the X yet, and I know they've put a few like AR bits and bobs on there, but there hasn't been nothing that dramatic that's really changed my behaviour patterns on yeah. my phone. And, and nothing that innovative, like Apple Pay, mm -hmm. obviously Android were doing that before, whatever, fine. Yeah. And it's, it's good, it's convenient. Yeah. You've got contactless on your debit cards as well these days. It's, it's, it. not, it's not that difficult to get yeah. your card out of your wallet. This but is it. It, it helps you if you've left your wallet at home. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Is, is it a lifesaver? Is it a game changer? I don't think so. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, but I, I, I think I think. Um, but I think that's the that's the thing with 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 um, marketing. Like some of these mobile phone mark, um, companies, they do push their luck. And I noticed this. As I said when I was working for a few of them, for long, they do push their luck until they're not allowed to. Mm. In terms of the marketing, um, they really do push their luck and get very close to the edge to what would be allowed um, yeah. and, and not allowed. As I said previously, saying minutes are free, even though we're blatantly charging them, is a blatant lie. Yeah. But until they got pulled up on it, they, everyone, and everyone was happy to do it. It wasn't just one company that you could turn around and say, oh, they're bad. This yeah. was the whole industry do you in know this the, country. There was another one. I think it was, I, I say I think, yeah. I think it was McDonald's. It might, it might have been someone else. I yeah. think it was McDonald's. They patented the trade, or they trademarked the term 100% ground beef. And they applied it to a product that was not 100% ground beef, but they called that product 100% ground beef. So when they're advertising 100% ground beef trademark, yeah. right, they ended up getting in trouble for it and had to change it. Yeah. But they were, they were basically, it's like, a, it's like me getting my, my shoes yeah. and then trademarking them cars and se selling you brand new cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is yeah. literally what they did. They just renamed yeah. it and trademarked it. That yeah. was crazy. I think this is the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's, you've probably got someone in marketing who comes up with an idea, and they do. They just push their luck, see how long they can get away with it. And yeah. like, oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Let's just fix that. But, right, so, so there are other scams, of, like, not even scams, just things that may be a little bit, a little bit dodgy that we deal with on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah. So we'll, we'll blitz through a couple more bef before we call okay. time on yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, so... The one that I discovered recently that I've, I've realized it before, but it really peed me off um, during the 
during August I went to Italy and uh, got a cheap deal so I had to put everything in carry-on and uh, forgot to leave out my aftershave and put that in the hold luggage that we'd had assigned and the security was they they obviously it picked up when it went through the the scanner they uh, they asked me to open up my bag. I showed them it was the aftershave. You're one of them people that are holding up the queue in the airport. Uh, do you know? I was quite quick. I realised as it was going through. I was like, oh no! I packed my bloody aftershave. So I was like, yeah, I know where it is. I'll get it out. So I got it out. She's like, yeah, you can't take this through. Now there was about twenty mil left in the bottom of the bottle, mm. and the how big was the bottle? About hundred and fifty mil capacity or two hundred mil capacity. So it was almost finished anyway. Yeah. So I said to the woman, look, it's it's almost done. Can I just I'm you know me, bruv, I'm a little bit tight, right? So, <laughs> so I was like, I don't just want to throw it away. I want to get used out of this last little bit. So yeah. let me just spray my clothes with it. They're in my bag now. Let me just give them a little spray and that yeah. way at least I've got use for it. And she was like, no, no, you can't do that just in case people have got allergies. We're not allowed to let you do it. You know, you're gonna, I'm just going to have to take it off you. I was like, all right, fine, fine. I, I, wasn't, I, just, I just took what she said as, as gospel. Then I, I walked 20 yards and I was walking through the airport duty-free where all I could smell was aftershave. Yeah. And a chance to sell you a million bottles just before you even get to Yeah. And it it just it just brought it home. You're not allowed to take more than hundred mil on I think it's a hundred mil on a on a flight, any flight. Yeah. And let's say you can take two or three bottles on each flight. And they say it's for security purposes. But if anyone was actually planning anything, they'd just have two or three guys, all with, you know, a, a three or f- two or three hundred mil containers and then when they go through airport duty-free, they'll buy a bottle of water, drink the bottle of water, and then put whatever it is in those fluids that they want to put in, yeah. in, in that bottle. And there, there's literally nothing that the airport security guys could, could or would do about it, yeah. which yeah. I find ridiculous. And I think it's... it's I'm like, it's, it's a, a scam. It's a blatant conspiracy. They're just trying to get more money off us. Yeah. And they kind of are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, and the other thing is even just like the... When you get a cheap deal on a flight how they're like you can only take on carry-on luggage yeah, for example yeah. unless you're going to pay an extra 30 40 pounds well there's a particular airline now that isn't even letting you do that letting you do that so what they're actually doing you you have to pay a surcharge which gives you priority boarding and a guarantee your hand luggage will be allowed on the plane otherwise you're still allowed your hand luggage but it goes in the hold and right, then you right, have to right. queue up at the end at the other side unless you Unless like, you pay, that sounds like EasyJet. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying who it is, <laughs> but, but I do have an Irish friend called Ryan that yeah. I used to oh, chat okay. to quite a lot. <laughs> Fair, enough. Um, Fair enough. So yeah, so there are there are these. I think oh, traveling is a weird one because as you mentioned, the hold all uh, the, the sort of baggage stuff. Yeah. You mentioned with um, the fluids, the fluids, but even like car insurance. When I have to go abroad, like I'll, 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 I'll sorry, hiring a car, not car insurance. I'll, I'll find a deal. It was like it ends up being looking really cheap. You're like, oh, that looks like a good deal. When you go on, when you go then to collect pick the up the collect the car, there's fuel costs. There's insure. I think I think last time I had an issue because it was like um, it was like two grand um, deposit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Any things? So I was like, this is this is my cost. That's the. It says I'm anyway. It got confused, and then so in the end, I ended up having to pay more for the car to bring the deposit down. down. Yeah, um, they got me like that as well once. Yeah, they were and like, then it just it just it just makes you start that whole. I mean, I'm used to it now, but 
it does it just you know you're on holiday and then the first thing you do and it just kind of like it just puts a little bit of a downer on something that's supposed to yeah. be and almost the whole experience often do you know what? even same trip when i went to italy the the woman at the desk was like i'm upgrading your car for you I was like, oh, okay, that's nice of you. She's like, yeah, I've got a Mercedes GLA for you rather than, I think I'd booked for a one series. And uh, I ended up actually having to take the GLA back. It was a terrible car. And even then I said, look, just give me the one series that I ordered. They're like, oh, no, we don't have it. We'll give you a Jeep Renegade. And she she said to me at the time, she said, fuel is included. Yeah. So you can bring it back empty. It's absolutely fine. Just bring it back empty. It's, it's included. I was like, okay, fine. But then on the way to the airport, on the way back, I was like, I don't trust these people. I really don't. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fill it up myself. Yeah. So I filled it up. It cost me like fifty euros to fill the tank. Yeah. I think it was even actually no, it was about forty euros. Uh, got to the airport. I asked the guy who was taking the car back, like, what's the deal with the fuel? And he explained to me that I've already paid for it, and because I haven't used it, because I've returned it back full, they'll give me an eighty-five euro refund. So they were oh, just, wow. they were literally just trying to scam, yeah. scam a little bit extra money off you. So stuff like that, I'd say... Need to look out for them. Yeah, always always try and... Upselling. Yeah, always pay up front for the insurance yeah. and get like the maximum comprehensive insurance that you can up front. Yeah. Especially, I think especially in Europe. I don't know what it's like outside of Europe because yeah. when I went to Dubai, there was nothing like that. It was, it was actually um, a lot more simple. I'm, I remember um, I did get away with something the other day. Well, not the other day, earlier this year. Um, I went to Ireland and I parked up because I don't really drink, but I parked up, my family and everyone, we were, were visiting this local pub, and um, these drunk idiots came out, um, I was across the road, so this is just as we're coming out, a few people have come out drunk, I don't know what they've done, but it looked like they were holding this street lamp, it was okay. two guys, and I've seen them walking in my car with it, and they're staggering being drunk, and me and another guy were, we were like, shit, like literally like, shit, we ran over there, it's like, get the heck away from this car, someone then, other people kind of noticed, um, got them away, um, took the thing off them, like Tom to, you know, sort of go home, et cetera, et cetera. So that was that, looking at my car and they'd gashed it. It was oh. probably about two inches and probably about a quarter of an inch, about half an inch, in, like go inwards. Oh, snaps, you had a solid dent as so well. I had a solid dent. So I had a, I think it was like, I think this was when it was like the two grand uh, excess on the car so I was gutted so I spent the last two days essentially riding around driving around to body shops local body shops to see if <laughs> they could do it within the time I had to get back so I was like it's definitely not going to cost me two grand even if it cost me one grand I'm still technically saved a grand um, no one could do it no one could do it and one of the body shops was just like just having jokes I was like oh mate I guess you're going to lose your money then sort of thing and just having jokes you know when those ones like they're kind of being helpful but, but they're not. being too jokey, so yeah. you're actually annoying me because this is my money. But then they turned around and said, if I was you, what I'd do is I'd go and um, start driving in mud, get the car all dirty up the sides, and hopefully it'll cover it and they don't notice it. And I was like, light bulb moment. I'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd done that. Went and handed the car back. I just thought, look, if they catch me, they they, they catch me. There's nothing else. My worst case scenario is, is as is. Like, I have to pay the... You yeah, know, they keep the deposit. So I might as well try this. Done a little bit of uh, donuts in the mud. Donuts in the mud, as you do, and um, they didn't pick it up. Oh. So yeah, I managed to uh, get away with that one, which was a 
that's how you get through. That is a scam in itself. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> so if you dent your car too much, just get a bit, get a bit dirty. Get a bit dirty. I hope they don't mind. Hope All they right. don't, 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 so there's, there's, there's two more I wanted to do. One of them was uh, sticking with the insurance thing on your own personal insurance. Oftentimes you'll get, um, you'll get the option to pay like an extra, I don't know, 30, 50 quid to protect your no claims. Yeah. And my wife does that religiously. She's like, no, always protect your no claims, always protect your no claims. Anyway, years back, she got, uh, she got hit from behind on Kew Bridge in London. I'm and joking there somewhere. Yeah, let's, let's leave that one. Uh, your wife. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this woman drove into the back of her, uh, actually her entire back bumper was, was, I ended up having to go rip the back bumper off by hand, fold it in half and put it in the boot so okay. that we could then get the car home. So destroyed the back bumper. Um, the, the woman accepted responsibility, no problem. And uh, my wife was, was fine because she was like, I've got my no claims protected. The next year when we were applying to, or in fact, I don't think it was the next year, it might have been a few years later, we were applying to renew the car insurance and the insurance company said, oh, you forgot to mention you've, you actually did have a claim in this year. And I was like, oh, you're right, we, we did. Uh, but it doesn't matter because we've got protected no claims. So actually, we have to reassess you based on risk that, and then they upped the premium by like, 90 pounds and wow. i was furious i was like what the hell am i paying extra money for and they were like well because it would have gone up more if you didn't protect it and i was like what the hang on so you could, you should... more just in case it, that's nuts yeah and i'm like someone needs to set up a car insurance company where let's say and i'd happily do it if if they said uh for example like my my current insurance is about 700 pounds for the year because i do a lot of mileage yeah if they said, right, you're going to pay £1,300 for the year, but if you don't make a claim, we'll give you 80% of your premium back. I'd do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd do that all day. And they say, if you do make a claim, you've got silly excess. Yeah. I say, that's fine. Yeah. Because, you know, nine years out of 10, or, or in my case, I've been driving for about 13 years. I've never had a claim, nothing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I'd have saved myself a fortune. I think, yeah, you know, they're, they're ripping definitely. people off. And the last one is a big one. Okay. And, and you, you'll know about the pain of this, living in London. Congestion charge. Yeah. So, when that came in, that was what, £5? £5 to start with, yeah. £5. You're going to drive in London. We want to reduce the amount of cars on the road in London during peak hours. And we're going to do that by discouraging people from driving into London. Yeah. And the way we're going to discourage them is £5 fee. How much is it now? Do you know? I think last time I checked it was £12.50. But yeah. I, I also think now, I could be wrong, there's different tiers for the size of the vehicle. So yeah, think, so if you want a 4x4, four four, it's yeah. like 20 quid. Yeah, that's correct. That's, that's right. I think there's different tiers for the yeah. different types of vehicles and things like that. And then they've got like, a, if you're driving a lorry, it's probably even more. And there's certain times that you're not allowed to go. And there's yeah, even like yeah. emission zones they've that you're not got, allowed yeah, to go in. Zero emission zones. Living in London, have you noticed the congestion go down at all since the congestion charge came in? Nope, and I'm pretty sure it hasn't. I'm pretty sure in areas, it's got worse, where they've built bike lanes yeah and then it makes the congestion on those roads well i'm not against bike lanes but it does add congestion yeah weirdly enough i actually messaged recently i, I might have mentioned it before but I, I messaged recently uh the council regarding a revamp they did to a junction near my home and how when they changed the the junction to a roundabout it improved massively but that was only a temporary thing they put it back to a junction made the junction bigger changed the traffic light signaling which made the traffic even worse so when I messaged the council, they were like, yeah, we've, we've done that to improve the cycle highway. I was like, okay, but people aren't, for example, going to ride to work in winter. They're going to get back in their car. 
and you're going to double the amount of emissions during that time because the amount of people that are at standstill. So yeah, I I think that's a massive rip-off. I don't know where that money goes because there are still, you know, as you say, is traffic's pretty much the same or perhaps even worse and they're getting exorbitant amounts of money. I'm not, I've got no idea. It's got to be in the tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions a year. Yeah. You know, there's there's dozens, tens of thousands of cars going into London every day paying that fee. Obviously, if you've got like a, a Tesla or something like that, zero yeah. emissions, you're not paying it, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's the last one that I could think of. Cool, cool. Okay, well, keeping with tradition, oh, yes. before we wrap up, yes, yes. I'm, we're going to do our... Our recommendations for a throwback, yeah? For our throwbacks, throwback film, throwback song. Mine's going to be really easy this week. Go on. So, I'm uh, at a fancy dress party tomorrow based on 90s, 90s film icons. Okay. So, I'm going at... So, what, how, how this came about... I was like, okay, I was looking at different thing, outfits I could go with, and then I was like, the first thing that came to my mind, one of my favourite films, was, um, so first off, I was like, I was looking at, looking through 90s films, I was like, 90s was a bad year for representation, <laughs> like, at 80s, there was a lot of, you had, uh, you had uh, Richard Pryor, you had uh, uh, Eddie Murphy, yeah, there was yeah. like some, you know, good representation out there, and more recently, obviously, I was like, 90s was pretty trash, so I was looking through things. And then one of my favourite films, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Very easy to go is the prison with the prison number is yeah, Mar- yeah. Morgan Freeman. I was like, but Morgan Freeman's reputation right now, he got done with the whole Me Too yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I was thinking, what else could I do? So I'm going through, going through. And then what I came across was Space Jam. Oh, okay. I really forgot about that film. Yeah, yeah. So I think I saw something about it being recent. It's, they're doing a they're remake They're doing a new something. one. I think yeah. with LeBron or LeBron, something. LeBron, like yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard. So I got my outfit. I managed to get hold of the Toon Squad full basketball kit. I got myself a pair of Jordans, some Jordan socks. I got the blue armband that he wears, and I got myself a, 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 a little, little basketball. Little basketball. So um, I'm going as Michael Jordan. So from Space Jam. So my throwback film, obviously, in line with what I've just said, is Space Jam. One for the kiddies. Let me guess the song. I believe I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> now R. Kelly's. R. Kelly's. You've got to step back from that man, isn't it? R. Kelly, though. So my throwback song is. Uh, Hit 'em High, which was the Monsters theme tune. Yeah, yeah. With Buster Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J, and Method Man, and Be Real from Cypress Hill. Okay. That's my throwback song. Um, I was going to choose the other theme song from that, but um, I think this one, just through the people who sing it. I think the other one, um, which was. Uh, Everybody get up, it's time to jam now. Yeah, yeah. But was Quad City DJs. But other than that song, I don't really know what else they've done. That's fair. Yeah, I think they were a bit of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, so yeah. I thought I'd go with Hit Em High. Um, the Monsters song featuring uh, by Buster Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J, and Method Man. Oh, and Be Real. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my uh, throwback track. All right, so, so check that out. So mine is going to be uh, a UK artist uh, okay. for, for my song. And it was just it was a song that came into my head uh, like midweek. And I've just been... I've been banging it ever since. It's a Dizzy Rascal Fix Up Look Sharp. Fix Up Look Sharp. Yeah. I think that was just such a iconic song yeah, of its yeah, time. It like if, even as short as short lived as that kind of yeah. al- almost that. It's weird because now in the UK we've got grime. Yeah. And back then it was like UK hip hop or, yeah, or yeah. UK rap, and it's it's transitioned yeah. almost. And it feels like that was a century ago, 
But at its time, that that song it it got me. Yeah, I so. think that, that 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 was probably one of the one of the uh, pioneering grime tunes. But the term grime probably wasn't as popular. Yeah. At the time, so people didn't necessarily call it that. So that so that's my my song and my okay. movie is uh, I I think it's a unre- it's an it's a I'm trying to the the words escape me now, but it, it doesn't get the credit it's due. Yeah, yeah. Devil's Advocate. Oh, film. Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Pacino. Yeah, you know that film was amazing. When did that come out? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick Google search now. Um, But that that was a a great film, like great plot. The acting was fantastic. You know, it came out in '97. Yeah. So again, '90s movie. Uh, You know, it had uh, Al Pacino, Charlize Theron, Keanu Reeves. You know. Connie oh, Nielsen. Charlie Spawn was in that. Yes. Oh, yeah, damn. Yes, and that's it's it's a great film. Even there's a scene, not spoiling it, but where Keanu Reeves is like standing in, I think it's like downtown Manhattan, and suddenly the streets are completely empty. It's like the middle of the day. I have no idea how they did that. I'm gonna Google it at some point just to find out. But for just to see them do that in a movie, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they use CGI. Maybe. But otherwise, how you would get downtown Manhattan yeah, yeah. in the middle of the day empty yeah. at any time of the year is beyond me. Unless they shut down all the streets for like 20 streets, which they wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if anyone knows how they did that, you know, let me know. It's probably CGI. Just ruined my whole thing of them putting loads of effort into it. No, no, just someone spent two hours just deleting people out of the image. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a, a fantastic movie. Uh, and it's one I'm going to make sure I watch this weekend. Yeah, good, good, good film. Cool. So if that's it, I'm now 20 minutes late for, for, for leaving for work. Cool. Um, <laughs> apologies, apologies. I will catch you guys next week. We did have, a, we had a little issue last week. There was a little bit of a, uh, yes. almost feedback or like noise from, from my mic. Hopefully that we've got that sorted yeah, this week. Yeah, we'll get that sorted this week. So apologies for the technical hitch. We are also trying to sort out a, a studio so that we can also get video because right now it's a bit weird. We're sitting in my living room slash kitchen. Yeah. And it's you. You guys don't really want to see that. No, no. There's plates and stuff all over the place. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Next episode will be released next week. We'll yeah. be just doing a, a little current events catch up, see what's going on in the news, see what's going on in the news and the crazy world that we live in. And that's it. I'm out. Cool. I'm out. Peace. Peace.